Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. This week we got Ace and Ant. What's up? What's up? We're back. New season. Season three. New season, new us. Season yeah, we just missing somebody, you know. He just disappeared and stuff. You know, he's still on vacation. That's true. Well, Harlem Sun. He will join us next week, Harlem Sun. The Har- well, actually, the week no, after. He goes, his, he goes by his actual name on this podcast, Malik. But yeah, you usually want to make fun of him. He may have gotten traded to his other podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you sure we'll be on next week? Because next week is, you know, um, was it Labor Day? No, Labor Day is this Monday. Yeah, but still. We, we record these on like Wednesday and Thursdays. I know. Still, you know, most people would like to, you know, have the whole week off. The first week of the NFL season is next week. So that might be a problem. Oh yeah, that'll be a problem for us. <laughs> you know. Also, we gotta get back. Forget. Yeah, gotta September get back in that 11th. groove. Gotta so, get back in that groove. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's next week Thursday it starts. Yeah. Next week Thursday it starts. Yeah, you got that. You got that cheap. That cheap team Buffalo. You know, versus the champions. <laughs> They're not cheap because they get in that new stadium, which I think is weird because it's going to be smaller than the old stadium. It's real funny. I think there was an article I read a long time ago when they used to mm. suck. They were supposed to move to Canada or something like that. And now all of a sudden, you know, everybody everybody loves them, so now they're going to stay there. Yeah, when they started playing the games in Toronto when they had Fitzpatrick as their quarterback like 10 years ago. It's magic. You know, they actually saw, you saw the broadcast that he was on. He was actually kind of good, good on there. Oh, of course he was going to be good. He's got a good personality. He's kind of funny. And, um, yeah, he's on, um, he's on Amazon. As a matter of fact, I was just talking about that with my father-in-law. He's like, wow, that's crazy. The NFL's putting games on streaming only. I'm like, yeah. Unless you're in the local market, like you're not going to get to see it. So where we are, basically, if the Pats are playing, you can see it on local TV. But if not, you can't see the games. It's streaming only. And that's only because Amazon sells the rights, I think, to like the local affiliate of wherever those cities are to see them play. Well, that sucks. I mean... They paid a billion dollars for these rights, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they added an extra week to the season, so that's how everybody's minimum salary now is nine hundred and fifty thousand. As of whenever they signed the new CBA, I want to say twenty twenty, or was it twenty twenty one? Well, they make more than no, the WNBA. Whenever they added the new week, so twenty twenty one. Everybody they make it more than WNBA. I think one one NFL quarterback can actually make more than the whole league of the uh, WNBA right now. <laughs> yeah, those ladies aren't getting paid nearly enough. And honestly, I have been watching the playoffs, and it mm-hmm. hasn't been as predictable as I thought. Liberty actually won a game, which impressed me. So, oh wow, you mean it's actually worth watching now? Uh it's always been worth watching on level of play is higher because of so few teams. So, ah, oh, yeah, that's true. It's actually stepped up a lot, but I've been watching it. You can make let's put it like this: as this is a betting podcast, you can make a ton of money betting on sports in America that a lot of people don't watch which is why I bet on college football. Even though a lot of people watch it, I focus on uh, the smaller conferences. Ah, and it's a perfect perfect segue for this. Honestly, it really is, because if you're paying attention today, um, Penn State was favored by 17 points over Purdue, at Purdue. I do not know why that was. Um, West Virginia was getting 7.5 at Pitt. I would have taken West Virginia to cover that. 
because they were not going to lose by more than a touchdown. This is a, one of the most heated rivalries in all of college football, the backyard brawl, which is first time back on the air in 11 years since like the Big East broke up, right? Since Pitt went over, ran over to the ACC in like ooh, 2011, no, 2006. The last time they played was uh, 2011, right before okay. the Big East fully went. Yeah, right before the Big East fully fell apart and West Virginia left for the Big 12. So how much you putting down for that? Um, I'm not getting into all this, but you know, I wish I. Well, I did take it, but West, I I wrote about it on the blog, but more people got to follow me on that if they actually want these picks for free. So it's you know, the advice is you... worth. The advice is worth. Bryant is taking FIU to overtime, and Bryant's a one double A school from Rhode Island, so I couldn't bet on them. Wait, 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 tell me, tell me, you're not gonna give no free advice here. I am giving out free advice right here. But okay. these are games that are actually already being played. Oh, and Central Michigan came back against um, Central Michigan came back against Oklahoma State to cover. They lost fifty-eight to forty-four, and they were getting thirty-three points because they're Central Michigan, and Oklahoma State is supposed to challenge for the Big Twelve title this year. So they kind of took them took them on, and Minnesota is beating the brakes off of New Mexico State as expected, twenty-four zip. Shout out All to right. the Aggies, Las Cruces. All right, so get into your breakdown. Let's go. All right. So this upcoming week for the college football season, and we got only one NFL game. We got Buffalo at the Rams. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But for this week, we got six games I'm covering for you guys right here. Um, one of my favorite games to pick this week is Virginia Tech going to Old Dominion. Old Virginia Tech is only favored by seven and a half. I think they're going to crush Old Dominion. The over-under is 52 and a half. I'm leaning heavy on Virginia Tech when that's minus seven and a half. And some of the more um, ranked games, the two teams that are, you know, people actually have been watching all season. TCU is minus eight at Colorado. That's a late night game on tomorrow night on Friday. Shout out to the Pac-12 at dark. I'm leaning heavily on TCU to come in and rock Colorado. You know the one-time transfer rule, Anthony? College players are now allowed to transfer freely whenever they want, just one time within the. So, Colorado lost 23 players. 23 in one offseason. So, it would be like if the Jets basically lost 23 players. Or not, that, that, that's a little bit extreme. It would be like if the Jets lost 12 players from last year to this year. That's kind of messed up. That's why I kind of don't like that a little bit. It should at least give them some type of leeway, the, the schools or whatever, but it is what it is. Schools will be fine. It's just that imagine you're going to college for free, right? You're at a big-time school like Colorado and TCU, both in bigger conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Colorado formerly in the Big 12, and then you're just like, yeah, I'm out. This place sucks. <laughs> and Colorado's a really nice campus and a really nice place to be in terms of Boulder, Colorado, so I don't know. I guess it was really bad because everybody got up and left. But usually they're supposed to be – there must be something behind this because usually from what I from what I know, it's like players mm -hmm. usually leave because, you know, somebody's better than them or somebody that's, you know, that's more favored to, than them is starting in front of them and getting more play time. That is usually what the quarterbacks do. And the other players like um, Jordan Addison, he was a big topic of discussion over the offseason. He's supposed to be playing the pit. Pit now is stuck in the backyard brawl down seven points with five minutes to go at home against West Virginia, as I just talked about earlier. Jordan Addison was the best wide receiver in college football last year, the Blitz Award. He hadn't had enough years before he could go to the NFL draft, so he couldn't leave like Kenny Pickett. Otherwise, he would have been gone. 
Um, they lost their best wide receiver. He's at USC right now. So he uses one-time transfer to basically go out to California and live in L.A. for a year. He's going to get drafted high anyway. But now he has a much better chance at making some money while he's still in college because of that NIL deal, which at Pitt he probably wasn't going to get in the NIL. And at USC, Bush's got a lot more bread, so we'll see. So that's really what it's coming down to. And I don't blame him because they starved these guys out for so long. Maybe he's finally get some money. But back to my picks. We got Colorado State University at Michigan on Saturday, the big noon game. Michigan's favored by 27 and a half. Michigan is going to roll Colorado State. We have Rutgers going to BC, noon ACC game, Big Ten ACC matchup. BC still has their uh, has a healthy quarterback, Phil Yurkovic. He's a five-star recruit. BC is going to beat up on Rutgers. Rutgers is a much more competent team, but they are still the worst team in the Big Ten. BC, as bad as they were last season, still won six games. They're kind of one of those middle-of-the-road ACC teams, and if their quarterback is healthy, they have a real shot at actually winning eight to nine to even possibly ten games. Uh, the ACC is so wide open, it's kind of nuts. And seeing Pitt play right now, I don't have much faith in them outside of that anyway. Um, I'd be leaving heavily on Oregon, who's getting 17 points against Georgia. That's the game that's going to be coming on CBS. Two top two top 10 teams playing each other. The former defending champion Bulldogs. I know everybody in Georgia down where Malik is at is going to be watching that. Oregon fans, I know y'all feel a little left out, but you are now the cream and creme de la creme of the Pac-12. Um, still got a good defense, got a new head coach who's the former defense coordinator for UGA. So we'll see how that goes. I got a feeling that UGA is not going to cover this, but they will win. I have a feeling their offense is going to be a bit anemic as they've lost most of their wide receivers and their running backs. And I believe they lost 15 guys to the NFL draft, which is kind of nuts. Almost every single player off of that defense is gone. So that all-world defense is not going to be as all-world as it was. And Pittsburgh. Never know, just, good coaching. Yeah. I mean, you lose your defense coordinator to the, the other school that you're currently playing. It's kind of wild. We'll see what happens. And Oregon's known for having a lot of speed in their team. Um, they got Cincinnati at Arkansas. Arkansas is only given seven. I'm going to take Arkansas and lay those seven points. And down by you, your favorite, UTSA Roadrunners are hosting University of Houston Cougars. We're going to move into the Big 12 soon. Pick the, the Roadrunners, everybody. Pick the Roadrunners. Do not do that. Um, they were really good last year. Houston is going to be the best group of five team. Expect them to run the table. Um, this is actually a good This is actually a good game for Texas football in general. Houston and San Antonio have a ton of talent. San Antonio, UTSA went 12-2 and last year. And Houston went, I believe, 10-3. and or eleven and three, or eleven and two. So I would take Houston in this one. Only give them five. And well, last... you take it down. I'm taking the road runners. I'm take. I'm don't take the road runners. We'll go all the way. Watch. We gonna win this. You gonna be. We gonna come back to this subject next week. All right. All right. I, I'm. I'm impressed that you're actually following at least one game. And the gimme of the week, I would say, would be South Carolina is hosting Georgia State. Um, South Carolina has a has another transfer quarterback. Spencer Rattler, who was a star a couple of years ago at Oklahoma, got his job taken at Oklahoma last year and transferred to South Carolina. And with a better quarterback and Justin was it Justin Fuentes as their head coach, or I thought he's not their head coach. I can't remember who the head coach of South Carolina is, but this year is his second year or third year. And he's really turned up from a mediocre like seven, eight win team 
I think they're going to do some things. And this is kind of a gimme game. They're only favored by 13 and a half points. So an SEC school taking on a Sunbelt school and a Sunbelt school that's not really, it didn't really have a great year last year. Even if they improved, I wouldn't expect much from them. And I have one more bonus game that I'm going to put in here, which is, I think, kind of obvious. But um, I don't think a lot of people are going to pick it because these teams seem pretty evenly matched. Louisville is going to Syracuse. Uh, ACC matchup, late night game on ESPN. Louisville's Syracuse is a home favorite. They're getting three, and the over-under is 59.5. I'm going to take the over in that game. I think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. I think it's going to be played somewhere in the 40s and 50s. So I'm going to be leaning hard on Syracuse as um, they were able to put up a lot of points. And these are both two coaches who need to do much, much better this year in Satterfield for Louisville and Dino Babers for Syracuse. I'm a little bit uh, leaning towards Cuse as I'm a New Yorker, so we'll see how they do this year. But overall, Louisville is the better team, but Syracuse at home has been tough out for a lot of people. And any other – oh, are you going to be watching the Notre Dame-Ohio State game? I don't know yet. Have to see. It's one of the few games where they actually have two top teams going against each other. There's Oregon at Florida, which is – Florida's not ranked. But this is the highest ranked game coming on next week. I think it's going to be on ABC. Notre Dame, new head coach, black head coach, and Ohio State have been underwhelming. Lost their first game last year against Oregon. Notre Dame's coming to Ohio. They got to win by 15. Notre Dame's defense is way better than they were last year. Their offense may not be as good. Ohio State's offense is expected to be all world. And they lost a lot of talent on the outside, but they still got Smith and Juba. They're um, star wide out, so I think they're going to win. I just don't think they're going to blow them out. And this line has been creeping up towards 17, actually, at most of the books. So if you can get Notre Dame getting 17, or if it even goes up further to 20 or 21, I would jump all over that and take Notre Dame. All right, before we go to the NFL, I just want to ask you one question. Mm -hmm. Since we're both Nick fans or whatever, I'm I'm kind of a, a quite a flaky Nick fan because you know I barely pay attention to them. But um, what do you thought about that trade? I just had to get out the way because you know everybody's going to be talking about it to the end of time. We can talk about it because no, it, it's a big deal because every ESPN basketball pod and every other basketball podcast on the athletic and radio show on ESPN, it's like Stephen A. Smith took his time out to drop like a one and a half minute video about how upset he was, and I'm like, listen to give up everything they would have needed to get him, even though he's 25 years old. I don't know if it's worth it because it reminds me of everything that Oklahoma City had to give up to get Paul George, right? And then mm -hmm. they had Paul George, they had Carmelo Anthony, his first year off the Knicks, and they had, and they had Melo. And guess what happened? They yeah. got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs to... Portland, the year that Portland goes to the conference finals. So unless you think that, unless you think that um, Donovan Mitchell is as gonna is as good as Damian Lillard, which nobody on this podcast does, then you can't give up three unprotected first round picks, two protected first round picks, and R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and Quentin Grimes, which is what they were asking. And well, Cleveland and Cleveland said we're gonna mortgage, we're gonna get rid of two guys, Colin Sexton, who he's gonna replace. And we're gonna give you five first round picks, basically. 
Well, personally, I'm glad the Knicks didn't do do anything. The reason why is because they've done it before, mm-hmm. and they've done it before, and they've done it before. They they build up they build up assets, they build up young guys, yeah. and they want to get rid of them. The worst one I, I I hate to say it was when it, when they got Camelo. They got rid of all those young guys that was there, that was quite that was melting yes. in and everything like that. They could have just waited to the off season when Camelo just came over. But nope, they decided to you know ship everybody out. But also. Right, those good role just, players. It wasn't so much they had to take Carmelo; they had to take um, Chauncey Bishop, Chauncey, Bishop, right. Chauncey Bishop, Chauncey, Chauncey, um, Chauncey Billups. Billups, who is now the head coach in Portland. They had to take Chauncey Billups, who was making like seventeen million, and this was two thousand and nine, and that salary cap back then was like a hundred and fifteen, hundred and something, maybe a hundred. Yeah, that was a big hit. Million. So having to take forty something million dollars in salary. They had to ship out a ton of salary. And on top of that, Chauncey Billups was at the end, and he was not helping Denver, and he really didn't help New York. And them unloading him really helped Denver, and it really hurt New York. If they could have just got Melo on his own, it would have it worked a lot better. It genuinely would have. Because then they would have had money to get people around him, and they never really did. They had Melo, and they had Amari, and Amari's knees were almost done, and it just never clicked. And that's the missing thing. I've cut it. it seemed like... You know, and right Mello now, was only two is, years older than Mitchell is right now. Melo was 27 when he came to the Knicks, so we got him in his prime. I'd like to point out, 27 turned to 28. He's right, going to be it, 26 next season. If you think about it, it would have been like history repeating itself right there. Yeah, I think I think we're better off with the picks. We might actually we might actually quite make something happen. We're better off with the picks. We're better off with the youth on the team. I actually enjoyed a couple of games. I actually got to the chance to watch. The national games, right? Like the Christmas right. Day game and things like that. Yeah. And you know what's more important? It's not so much that, listen, the Knicks made a legitimate offer. They offered two first-round picks. They offered um, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, and I believe Evan Fournier. And if your goal is, I, I think basically what everybody's saying is Utah's trying to get as much draft capital as they can to move forward in the future. And they're trying to tank because this season is great to be bad because Next upcoming draft is expected to be as good as the draft with Cade, um, Cade Cunningham, and the and the other guys, and Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, and the you know in the draft before this one. There's going to be like five or six guys that they're expecting to be game changers, right. and like you know like Jaden Ivey and all those guys are kind of not as good as they you know that I really put them to be the good. Holmgren's hurt already, so Oklahoma City can technically tank again, although they actually have Josh Kitty and, you know, Shai Gilgis Alexander and actually gonna play everybody. So they're not in full tank mode. Like Oklahoma City's trying to lose, but Utah's really trying to get to the bottom. If they hold on to those guys that they got, they're still a thirty one team. They're not where Houston is, or Houston was last year, where they're like, if they win twenty five games, I'd be shocked. Utah is still too good for that. And it's not like anybody else in the West is really like trying to get so far ahead of them. Aside from Minnesota, Portland, I don't see how much better they're going to be. The Lakers are the Lakers. They're kind of where they are. They need everybody just to be healthy and kind of move forward from there. It's interesting to see how Pat Bev and uh, Russ is going to play together as they appear to be mortal enemies. So <laughs> it's interesting. But the Cavs, like, do you think this makes the Cavs – do you think this puts the Cavs in the, in the same class as, like, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics? No. So then is it worth it? If no. you're a Cavs fan. Exactly. You have a center. 
You have a star two guard now, who's a legit all-star. You have a star point guard in Darius Garland. So you got a good backcourt. And you have Evan Mobley. So maybe this works. But now you got no bench. You got no Lori Marketing to come in in your second unit as a 6'11 dude who can hit threes and play a little bit of defense. That was a team that was like four seed and they fell all the way back to the play-in at like number seven. And then they ended up losing and not even making the playoffs because they lost to the Nets and I think they lost both games in the play-in. Right? They lost to, Mm -hmm. like Charlotte lost, they lost, and I think they lost again. And I forgot who the eighth seed in the East was, but it wasn't them. So I'd say this only makes them as good as, I don't know, as good as Toronto is. It really doesn't make that much, it really doesn't make any sense to me why Cleveland was so desperate to get an all-star unless they're just trying to sell more tickets. If you're that's, what it is. that's what it comes down to. They figure they can get an all-star, maybe it's also to lure an all-star in as well. Yeah, it's like, and to put it back in terms of an NFL season, it'd be like if somebody traded for Melvin. No, yeah, it'd be like if somebody traded for, I don't know, Cam Akers, except you had to give up two first-round draft picks to get him. Okay. He's 23 years old, but he's also coming off a torn ACL or torn Achilles. So do you, your team, does your team really even that bad to get to the Super Bowl? I don't know. No. It's just there, just like how we saw about basketball. It's just there for selling tickets. That's all it is, sell tickets and bring in, and hopefully bring in some other superstar later on. Yeah. And I get that in the NBA, one guy can change. You know, one guy can change the whole complexion of the team and it can work and they can gel and things like that. But Cleveland was cooking last year. And Sexton got hurt, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Like, they made the postseason. It's this weird quasi-play-in, but not really in. Oh, Atlanta was the eighth seed. And then Atlanta ended up trading for DeJounte Murray. So now Atlanta actually lost Gallinari, who unfortunately got hurt in the FIBA qualifying in Europe, and a bunch of other stuff that happened. So Atlanta got worse. Cleveland got slightly better, but lost some depth. So the Knicks could actually be sixth to seventh best team in the East next year if they play well. What I find interesting is what are they going to do with uh, Randall? Who was flipping off the fans and basically ended the last year like, I don't care. What are you going to do? I got I got three more years left on my deal. They're I'm stuck with him. They're stuck with him unless we want to see something happen down in the future. From what I heard also, just to let you know, I don't know if you read it or not, the Knicks was actually trying to Still come in with a counter off at near near the end of that trade, but basically Utah ignored them. Well, they were because I think at a certain point, if the Knicks weren't going to give them exactly what they wanted, they wanted RJ. They wanted RJ because even though he's polarizing as a player, like some GMs love him, some GMs don't. He's a very tradable asset, and his max deal, his max rookie extension for another four years for a guy who's twenty-two. Basically, when the salary cap goes up in two seasons. $20 million a year, the salary cap is expected to go up by so much. There's not going to be any smoothing, whatever. Like, they're not going to ease it in. It's going to go up all at once. That guys who are making 10 to 15 even $18 million now, it's going to 20, yeah, it's going to be like making three to four a couple of years ago. Like, the max contract <laughs> is going to go from the super max that um, Bradley Beal just signed making $52 million a year. Guys are going to be getting super maxes. Like, if Giannis gets another super max, he could make sixty to seventy million dollars in one season. Yeah, that's crazy. It's going to get ahead of football money again, like how um, Deshaun Watson somehow conned Cleveland again into giving him a two hundred thirty million dollar <laughs> contract 
or Russell uh, or Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. just he got 165 cut. million guaranteed for the next three years, and then the last two years of the deal aren't guaranteed. I want to see what Lamar gets. He'll be forty. He'll be forty years old by the end of the contract. Now I want to see what Lamar gets. Now, well, the only thing I do know is Lamar. Lamar said um, somebody was tweeting him on Twitter and said, "I hope Lamar, you know, he's something about you don't love him." He said they offered you this much, and you said no. He's like they didn't offer me that much. He tweeted that people were tweeting at him. They offered you two hundred fifty million dollars. He's like they did not offer me two hundred fifty million dollars. And I think that's the problem. <laughs> I think he wants more than what Deshaun Watson got, and I think he wants it all guaranteed. And yep, he deserves I it. Think, I, I do. I agree. He and deserves the part it. Is they, had they signed him last season, they would have paid less than what Deshaun Watson got. That's what most teams. That's what most teams always do. They always screw up at the end, and this yeah. is what they're gonna get. They need to just pay the pay the man, and now they're gonna have to pay him even more money now. So thanks to um Wilson getting paid. Yeah. And you know what it makes even more clear to me is the fact that it reminds me of when Derek Jeter, his last contract before he, like, he finished up with the Yankees, what, 2014, 2015? Yeah, I think that's right. 2014 was his last year at the Yankees. That's right, because I went to, like, the seventh to the last game he ever played at Yankee Stadium. I bought one of the tickets to sat in the bleachers. Um, he wanted, I think it was $14 million a year, right, before he, like, before he actually got it. You know what he got after the season? Because he hit, like, he had another season of, like, I don't know, something crazy like another 150 hits in the season. He batted like over 300, had another 17 or 18 home runs. He ended up getting 21 million a season. Yeah, that's what he's, that's what he's supposed 21. to do. He asked for 14, 14 or 17. Then he got 21. That's what you do to your stars. You, you give them more than they ask for. So what you're telling me is a dude that is the captain of your team, named the captain after he won three out of four World Series with y'all, Won three in a row, 98, 99, 2000. Almost won 2001. Almost won 2003. The 2001 one, watch that documentary again. Tight, I'm not going to lie. Just watching them lose to Arizona the way they did. Mariano Bowen, I say, like, I was like, oh, dear God. But, um, <laughs> it really did. Really, it really made me think of baseball because it's probably been since, like, 2000. It's probably been since, like, the early 2000s when I was, like, deep, deep, deep into some Yankees baseball. And they're pretty good this year, but like the pitching ain't there. They're not gonna go to the World Series. I just don't expect it to happen. But um, the what I was trying to say was, yeah, just pay him early because you're always gonna end up paying them more if you make them wait. It's never gonna work out well. It's never gonna work out well. You know. Well, all I know is gonna quite. They better play with the ball before week one, before week one, which is next week. Yeah, next week Sunday. They better, they better, you know, write up that, you know, write, write them checks. Quay, you got the, got the holiday. Pull the man to the side. I hope he just doesn't get, um, I hope he just doesn't get hurt, and he makes it through the entire season, and he has another All Star level, another since All Star, another All Pro level of play. Because he's in the AFC, it makes it a little bit harder, but he's the best quarterback in this division. If he leads that team to the playoffs, even if it's a wild card, I doubt it's gonna be wild card. If he leads that team to the playoffs mm-hmm. and they didn't sign a contract, you know that's definitely going to go up. It's going to go even higher than it is right now. If they offered him, this is what I personally believe, if they offered him $250 million with the first four years guaranteed, considering he's 24 or 25, that means you're going to sign him until he's 29 years old, even for a quarterback that runs. Okay. 
it means you're betting that he won't get hurt for the next four years. And the last year won't be fully guaranteed. Even, Even for a quarterback who runs, he's actually lifted that team up. You try to put you try to put any other quarterback with that team. But he runs the team is currently constructed. He runs because he has to, because that's the base of the defense. And he's right. he can move the ball and break down the other team. That's why college football teams always have great running backs. Because like Alabama and like Georgia, when they had DeAndre Swift, you got a great running back. Or Robinson, um, prayers out to him because he just got, got out in the streets in DC. Um, but he's gonna be all right. Like if you can run, if you can move them chains, like with Derrick Henry, guess what? You got an advantage. You yeah, Robinson should be back on week five. Just to let you let, let our viewers, yeah, let everybody know IR, out there. Right. Yeah, he's on IR right now, but he'd be back week five. He'd be all right. All right. So we're gonna do that one NFL game. I'm gonna let you go first. Buffalo is a one point underdog, and the over under is fifty two, or fifty two and a half. And I'm sorry, the Rams are favored by two and a half. So the favorite by a little less than three. I'm going with the champs and the under. They're going to still take that. I'm going with the Rams and the unders. I'm going with the Rams and the under as well. I don't see how Buffalo's coming in there and beating. Um, they got they're too stacked. So they got better in coverage. They may not be able to get as much pressure. But um, you know, as strong as Aaron Donald is, we're going to get off and join practices. I don't know. I don't know about that interior of the line. I don't know. Josh Allen may take some hits early. Who knows? And as long as uh, Stafford's arm is healthy and he's willing to play through the pain like he did last year, apparently, with this tendonitis or whatever this issue is, I think he'll be all right. They're just saving him for the games. Well, Ace, I got this bold prediction here. Mm. If the Bills actually win this game, Mm-hmm. I'm talking about winning outright, not no squeaky by, you know, not no fluke thing or whatever. I'm actually talking about dominate and win this game. Mm-hmm. They'll be in the Super Bowl this Super year. Bowl. If the Bills dominate this game, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yes. So what happens if the Rams? This is the measurement stick. What if happens? The Rams dominate the game. Are they going back to back? Yeah, they go. Of course, they, they're already. The Rams are already going to be there. Really, you believe that? Yes, the Rams is going to be there. There's no such thing as a cap when it comes to the Rams. Well, that's because you can pay all the salary and um and bonuses. Oh no such thing as the, the the cap is fake. The cap is fake when it comes to the Rams. West Virginia may have just tied up the game with two twenty two seconds left. Uh oh. This is why I love college football, man. Some of these games are actually good. All right. Before we go, folks, this is gonna be a short episode for us. But do you have any shout outs, Sam? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out. So the Cleveland fans out there, shout out to y'all because y'all guys gonna get your ass beat week one versus Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield said he's coming for it. You saw that. I don't know if you saw that or not. He's like, I'm gonna whoop their ass. And then I saw it today that he said publicly, I never said that. I was quoted out of context, but I'll be <laughs> I think he yeah. said it around the reporter, and the reporter he didn't expect her to report that, but she did. And, <laughs> like yeah anything you say around a reporter they're gonna say yeah of course unless you want to say off the record you gotta say off the record to them you know make, make it make it make it known as that but you know shout out to cleveland brown fans because you know they're gonna get their asses whooped by baker mayfield this the next week coming up for week one and they're gonna keep getting their asses whooped until the, the um the rapist comes in Wow. I call him rapist right now. Let's call him call it that. Uh, well, that's not what he was accused of, but I hear you. It's going to be a week 12. 
I will not add that in, but she can say what she want. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's clearly done some uh, shady, gross, and creepy-ass things, so I'm going to let you rock with whatever you want to say about it. Hey, Big Ben can get away with it. You know, Big yeah. Ben can get away with it. He's going to try to get away with it. No, we're not having this again. Well, you know, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to go with my shout-outs real quick. Shout-out right. to my UB Bulls. Um, I hope y'all are going to go into Maryland and cover that spread because I will be betting on it. Uh, you're getting 27 and a half points right now, which I believe is a bit disrespectful. I know the University of Maryland is a power conference team, especially in the Big 12, but they're getting 24 points. But Buffalo is number one in the transfer rankings for the group of five conference, and they have a bunch of power five guys coming in, guys from power conferences coming in to play for them. Got a bunch of guys from the Big 10, a couple of players from Notre Dame, and I think they're going to do something against Maryland. Don't be shocked if they upset them. Central Michigan came back and had a really good game tonight against Oklahoma State, and they are covering. Don't slide. Don't sleep on these MAC teams playing in big-time schools. If you give them big spreads, they will generally cover them because none of those teams are trash. And shout-out to my Knicks for finally not giving away the whole damn store for one guy who may or may not make your team that much better. If this was LeBron, you do. This is KD, you do. But he not them. These are different rules for different people. And, <laughs> you know, he went to high school in Connecticut, so he's kind of local. He's from Westchester County. That's great. I hope he enjoys the weather in Cleveland. I heard a lot of people love going on vacation. <laughs> Cleveland is, go is where you go to get your, your career to go to go there to die. You know, Unless your name is LeBron James. He's the only person who ever saved him. And he is LeBron. He is that dude. So unless you're one of the greatest, I don't know, unless you're one of the top five greatest players in the history of the NBA, which Donovan Mitchell is not, it's going to work out for them. They reversed the call. They did not tie up the score. Pitt just won in dramatic fashion. Let's go. Nice. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't cover. They didn't cover the seven and a half. That little hook got them. All right. Well, go bad for anybody who betted on that then. Follow us for more picks. Uh, if you took the pick them, you won. But Pittsburgh is still undefeated. Great rivalry game to start of the season. I love this. All right, y'all. We're out. Next week, we'll be back with a full NFL slate and another six to seven games of college football. Episode one, year three. We're out just like Matt Jones' career. In the books. Peace. Matt Jones' career is going to be over this year. <laughs>